Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello. I am Rose Schwartz, and my husband and I lead the church here at Lighthouse. So, we are doing top 10 lists every week. So, this morning, we are doing two. Because <laughs> that's fun. Um, we're doing baby names. Top 10 baby names. Who likes babies? I like babies. Baby names. So, we're doing top 10 names from 1910 and top 10 names from 2010. Okay? And you'll be, the contrast is amazing to me. Okay, number 10 in 1910 is George. Yeah. 2010 is Ava. Isn't that a contrast? Number nine is Joseph and Mason. Number eight is Margaret. And number eight in 2010 is William. Number seven is Dorothy and Jacob. Who has a Dorothy in their life? Yes. Yes. Number six is Robert and Isabella. Number five is Helen. This is a contrast. Helen and Liam. Number four is James and Sophia. Three is William and Olivia. Number two is John. (laughs) I think we all have a John in our lives. (laughs) John and Noah. Okay, number one, any guesses from 1910? Michael. So I, did a, I looked at the list from in 1960, 90, 1970, 80, and 90. Michael was number one for all of those decades. But it's not this one. <laughs> number one in 1910 is Mary. Surprise. Yeah. Night in 2010, number one is Emma. We have an Emma in our midst. (laughs) So there you go. Top 10 baby names. So names are important, right? They are a part of who we are. That's what people call us. It's what we write when we write our signature. It's on all all our documents. It's a part of who we are. It's how we communicate with people when we, like, if you're talking about me, you say my name, right? So people know who you're talking about. And when a lady gets married, she changes her last name to her husband's last name because it's 
It's who they are. It's a part of becoming one. Names are so, so important. So we're in a series called Top 10. We're going through the Ten Commandments. And today we're looking at commandment number three. But last week, Clint went through commandments one and two. And so the first one is, you shall have no other gods before me. The second one is, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not have any idols. You shall not have any other gods before me and no idols. Today, we're looking at number three. Exodus 20, verse 7 You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So this is part of the Ten Commandments, but it's not coincidence that it's number three. Not only did it make the top ten, it made the top three. So it is important, and we should pay attention to it. So the title for today's message is, Don't Misuse the Name of God. Don't misuse the name of God. I'm going to pray, and then I'll give you some things to consider. So God, I thank you for the Ten Commandments. They are vital to our lives. They are not rules but their boundaries. And God, we thank you for the boundaries that you, that you have set for us. So God, I pray that as I speak this morning that your words would be spoken, that your truth would be spoken. I thank you for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing to consider is there is no one who deserves more respect than God. There is no one who deserves more respect than God. The King James Version of Exodus 20, verse 7 says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. I think this is more familiar to us, this version is. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. So we're going to look at four words in that verse looking at the Hebrew meaning. First one is take. The Hebrew meaning of this, ver- of this word is to lift up or to exalt. The word name is name or reputation. It is an outstanding mark, sign, or reputation. The word vain. I think so many times we get confused with the, ver- the word vain. It's emptiness, false, or worthless. It's emptying, it's taking away the worth of God's name. God's name is valuable, and when we take his name in vain, we're emptying it of its worth, reducing the meaning of his name. That's what vain means in this scripture. Guiltless is innocent, blameless, or, pun- or unpunished. Another way of saying this verse is we should not lift up his name in a way that makes it out to be worthless or in a way that insults his reputation. 
Let's not make his name worthless, and let's not insult his reputation. Our culture misuses the name of God on a regular basis. We hear it in TV shows. We hear it in movies. We hear it when we go to work. We hear it when we go to the beach. We hear it when we go shopping. (laughs) And sometimes we do it ourselves. So many times I've heard people say, I don't really mean it. I don't even know that I'm saying it. It's just what I say. That's what in vain means. That's what in vain is. You're taking away the meaning. You're taking away the value of God's name. So when we use it as an expression, as a reaction, it's using his name in vain. You guys, it's a big deal. This is a big deal. It's number three on the list of the Ten Commandments. It's a big deal. We've minimized the name of God. It's just part of our everyday language. We just throw it around like it's not important. The truth is is that God is a person. He is holy. He is the creator of the universe. He is the creator of each one of us. He put breath in our lungs. And we just throw his name around. He deserves to be respected. He trusted us with his name, with his holy name. And we need to treat it as a holy name. So respect, what does respect mean? Respect is a feeling of deep admiration for someone as a result of their abilities, qualities, and achievements. There is no one who has more abilities than God. There is no one who has more qualities or achievements than God. No one. So he deserves the respect more than anybody else. And I think he's the one that gets the least respect. But he deserves the most. So my name is Rose. All my life, I have been given any name except Rose because of my stature. I have been called Shorty. I have been called Short Stuff. I have been called Little One. The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. I've heard it all. Trust me, I've heard it all. (laughs) And it used to bother me. But I'm now in a place where I know who I am. I am a child of the Most High King. 
and my name is Rose. Our culture tends to want to call God the man upstairs or the big guy. It's not who he is. He's God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's not the man upstairs. He's here. He's right here with us. He's not the big guy. He's a personal God. He's so personal, you guys. He's right here with us. Let's give him the, the respect he deserves. We use his name so casually, so flippantly. I'm going to go through a list of expressions <laughs> that our culture uses. I'm using these as examples. I don't like doing this, but I'm doing it. Someone says, I caught a 10-pound fish. And someone else responds, good God. Bill and Sarah got married. It's not necessarily a good thing. And someone says, oh, Lord. Someone says, I tore my pants. Oh, my God. There's expressions of Jesus Christ. OMG. These hurt God's heart. We just throw them around. We use God's name as an explanation point. His name is not an explanation point. It's his name. Just like we all have names, God has a name. I know this is heavy, but it's really serious. It's a big deal to God. I've heard people say, it's just something I say. It doesn't bother me. I hear it all the time. You should work with me. It's all over the place. It's not a big deal. I don't really mean it. a big deal. There are consequences to disrespecting God. There are serious consequences. The last part of Exodus 20 verse 7, it says, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. There are natural consequences that come along with disrespect. I read this scripture in Leviticus, and it was, <laughs> it's a good example of how serious this is. In Leviticus 24, verse 10, it says, 
Now the son of an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father went out among the Israelites, and a fight broke out in the camp between him and an Israelite. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name God with a curse. So they brought him to Moses. They put him in custody until the will of the Lord should be made clear to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp. All those who heard him are to lay their hands on his head, and the entire assembly is to stone him. Say to the Israelites, Anyone who curses their God will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The entire assembly must stone them, whether foreigner or native-born. When they blaspheme the name, they are to be put to death. Then jumping down to verse 23, Then Moses spoke to the Israelites, and they took the blasphemer outside the camp and stoned him. The Israelites did as the Lord commanded Moses. God is serious about this. We don't stone people these days. <laughs> but there are consequences to being disobedient to God. There are consequences to being disrespectful. He disciplines us because he loves us. Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. He disciplines us because he loves us because he wants us to stay within those boundaries because that is what is good for us. That is what's best for us. The Ten Commandments are not rules. They're boundaries. Just like if you're driving along the road and there's a guardrail to keep you from going down into the river or the ditch or whatever, it's a safety zone. That's what the commandments are. They're a safety zone. They are guardrails for us. They're not rules. So everywhere in Scripture, the name of the Lord is lifted high. I did a search on the name of the Lord in the Bible, oh my goodness, so, so many scriptures, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of scriptures that talk about the name of the Lord. Here's just a few. Psalm 8, verse 1, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 145, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Philippians 2, verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. His name is above every other name. 
Psalm 148. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. His name alone is exalted. Guys, we need to use his name with reverence. We need to respect him. If it wouldn't be for God, you wouldn't be here. That's worth something. So let's respect him. Number two, there is power in the name of God. God's name represents his nature and it represents his character. His name tells us who he is. Did you know that there are over 300 names of God in the Bible? There are over 300 different names for him. Each one talks about his holiness, his character. Each one tell of who he is. The first one we're going to talk about is Yahweh. Whenever you read the Bible and LORD is in all caps, that is God's name. That is who he is. That is Yahweh. That is Jehovah. That is God. That is I am. In Exodus 3, verses 13 through 15, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. I am is Yahweh. I am is Jehovah. I read this and it struck me how the Orthodox Jews knew how (laughs) holy, they understood the holiness of God. I'll read this to you. The name of God was so sacred that the Orthodox Jews would not pronounce the name of God in normal conversation. In fact, as the scribes were making copies of the Holy Scripture, when they came to the name of God, they placed their pen down, they rise, they bathe themselves, and put on different garments. Then they would write with a pen that has never been used before and write the holy name of God. They understood how to respect the name of God. That's respecting the name of God.
So there are over 300 names for God in the Bible. Last year we did a message series on the name of God, and it was really good. If you missed it, you can go online and listen to those. But today we're just going to talk about a few of them. I don't have time for 300 names, unless you have a week. (laughs) So the first one is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. He is the one who provides all we need. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. He heals us physically, emotionally, spiritually. He is our healer. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He's always with us. He was with us yesterday, today, tomorrow. He's always there. He is always available to us. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. In Psalm 23 it says, the Lord is our shepherd. Jehovah Rohi is our shepherd. He cares for us. He looks out for us. He guides us gives us direction in our lives. And there's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. If you need peace in your life, call out to Jehovah Shalom. Then there's El Roy, the God who sees. He sees us. He always sees us. These are just a few of the names for God. You guys, if you need God to provide you with something, someone, address him as Jehovah Jireh. It's his name. Address him as Jehovah Rohi or Jehovah Shema, Elroy. Emmanuel, there's hundreds of names. He's personal. We also hear people take the name of Jesus in vain. Jesus is also God. He is God's son. He is part of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're not talking about, we're not just talking about Father God, we're also talking about His Son, Jesus Christ. So we're instructed to pray in the name of Jesus. John 16, verses 22. 3 and 24. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. This is why we pray in Jesus' name. He has given us the authority to ask for anything in his name. Because there's power in it. 
There's power in his name. The first line of the Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 6, 9. The first line of the Lord's Prayer is, This then is how you should pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. His name is holy. We're asked to pray in his name. And it's okay to expect answers from him. It may not always be the answer you want, <laughs> but expect answers from him. Expect a response from him. There is no other name more powerful than his. There is no other name worthy of more respect than his. The closing scripture is Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to, to God the Father through him. Everything you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's honor him. Let's respect him. Let's see God for who he is. I'm going to ask Emma to come. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.